It's a Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, Summer Conversation Series, Episode 1. All right, Punk Rock Classrooms crew, this is Josh Buckley, and I am super excited to share this episode with you as I was able to sit down and ask our Summer Conversation Series question to two educators. So you're going to hear two interviews today. Uh, the first one up is a conversation with Travis Ratz, who is an English and drama teacher uh, on a military base in Japan, who will soon be heading to Guam to be teaching high school English and drama. And then the second guest for this episode is... Jillian Du Bois, who is a second grade teacher in Clearwater, Florida. So check them out. They're answering the question. Remember our summer conversation question. What is one thing you would do to change education? So hear it, learn from it, and think about what would you do to change education? All right, here we go. All right, so I've got Travis Rats with me. Travis is a longtime pal, one of my best friends in the world, literally the world, because Travis teaches currently in Japan on a military base. Uh, so, Travis, I want to thank you for being on the show, which is weird because you and I do a different show, so it's weird to kind of say that. But mm. I want to thank you for for being on the podcast with me as we talk about. You know what's. Also a little weird, Josh, yeah. is that we are, as you said, this very delightful in intro where you yeah. call me your best friend. Oh, best friend. Yet it's been a couple of years of me doing this podcast, huh, bud? It has. Well, here's the saving, deal, Travis. Saving, saving the, best. the best. I wanted to make sure that this thing was going to hit the ground running well before I before I yeah. had you on. Uh, so, I like Travis, that. Travis, uh, I want to talk a little bit about, um, first, I want you to tell folks who you are, what you do in the world of education, what you teach. Uh, and then uh, I got a couple questions for you. So, so why don't you introduce yourself to the to the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. As uh, Josh introduced me, uh, my name is Travis. Or if you're one of my students, it's Mr. Rats. I've been teaching now for 14 years. Uh, I started off teaching in high school for most of those years as an English teacher. Uh, I taught in the uh, Phoenix metro area, and I taught at some public schools in the uh, uh, Mesa area uh, before getting a job uh, overseas uh, with the Department of Defense. So now I teach. Uh, I've taught on a various uh a marine base in southern Japan, and I'm currently at a middle school now teaching sixth grade ELA and drama at Yokosuka, Japan, which is a Navy base right outside Tokyo. So I've done English, I've done AP, I've done all just about everything you could imagine, every extracurricular club and activity that we get to do as teachers, uh, as well as these last four years, I've really enjoyed getting into drama programs and building up some drama programs. So I, one question as we're, we're, we're putting together these, these sort of like mini vignettes uh, of interviews over the summer, uh, one of the questions that we're asking everyone who's going through these is if there is one thing you could change about education, that you could flip the system, you could you know, change the status quo of, you know, you said you're an educator, 14 years in the classroom, you've taught at different parts of the world, you've taught. Both my, my parents were teachers for yeah, 35 years were, each, were my sister's a teacher, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, education is part of who you are. If there was something you could mm -hmm. change about education, what would it be? How would you yeah, fight I don't know the man I, I, of education? What would you do yeah. Well, I'd, I'd write a play in which <laughs> the kids. <laughs> no, I think 
maybe not so much changed, but maybe more put a greater focus on for me is uh, one of the things that I've, I've been seeing because I, I have been to quite a few schools in um, the last 10 years, about three or four different schools. Um, and one of the things that I'm seeing is I'm starting to see these school communities be, I feel like the stakeholders in the, in the school community are starting to be pulled apart a little bit more uh, based on uh, what they're seeing and what they want from it. I'm talking about students. I'm talking about parents, teachers, administrators. Uh, everyone has their own kind of vision for what they want education to be, including the students themselves, what they expect from their education. And it feels that instead of coming together to solve these issues and to come to compromises uh, together, it seems like we're, we're making assumptions and choices as these individual groups and then battling to have our ideas put forth instead of others. And so I think I'd really like to see education really go come in and really focus on targeting that community building of education. And what I mean by that is I'd love for education to be specific to its communities. And I'd love for that to be a more open, relevant discussion that is continuous and happening all the time. Yeah. Uh, even bringing in stakeholders such as who's hiring, who in that community, when those kids graduate, who who are the what what skills do these people who want to see in there? What are the universities yeah. in that area? What do they want to see from their students? You know, those universities should be brought into, uh, you know, you're in Arizona, Arizona State. There should be conversations with those in their local local districts, because those are the schools that a lot of those kids are going to be going to. And I think we need to focus more on the idea of a community, not just within the school, but without the school, with outside the school. And we need to start doing this a little bit more civilly, I think, in education, finding ways to address concerns in a way that's constructive as opposed to these separate camps. Yeah, I can see what you're saying, because I think we run into this idea of like, and this is especially at the secondary level where you get like, well, I'm the football booster parents and we're the band booster parents and we're the this parent and this parent group. And they all really focus in on this one area and rightly so something that supports their student. But the reality is that sure. everything that takes place on that campus supports their student. Right. Mm -hmm. And so bringing those people together, I really like that idea, especially the outside stakeholders. That's a good one. I, 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 I like that a lot. Um, I do think that sometimes that when we are um, making those choices, like you said, rightfully so, what's best for our group of students or our, our students is sometimes we get very one track mind on that. And sometimes we right. need someone to come in and show us how actually this decision over here is going to benefit and they will trickle down and affect you this way. So sometimes it's just a matter of having that public community discussion so that every all stakeholders know how these decisions can positively affect a large number of students. Right. And then they all get perspective from each other, right? They can, they can hear mm -hmm. about the different aspects. Of it. I like that a lot. So this is the first one I've recorded of our, of our summer. So Travis, I want to thank you for being uh, my guinea pig on this. My guinea oh, pig. I, that's very punk rock, man. Being the first. Wow. You are the first. So <laughs> take that, take that badge with, take that badge of courage and run it with you. Uh, that punk rock red badge of courage uh, and, and be the one. Well, that doesn't end well. No, no, oh, dang, that's right. Um, so, uh, people, if they want to find you on the internet, you never post anything on the internet. So, I would, I would say, like, where's some place they could find you? But you don't 
you don't use Twitter or Instagram very often. Uh, so, but where can I'll I- I'll tell you what, Josh, if I ever come on again, I'll make sure to build up a nice social media network for you and we can just tap right into that. That's what I'm hoping for. But uh, <laughs> so if you want to find Travis, Travis and I also do another po- uh, another podcast called Comic Exposure. We talk about comics, we read them, we have fun with them. And then Travis, you do another podcast. What, what's the other podcast you do? Yeah, I do a podcast called Pop Bonsai where we look at pop culture and, and film and literature and f- photography and music and we kind of try to string them together over these big themes so popbonsai.com or pop bonsai podcasts on your podcast providers all right so you can find travis on all that travis thank you so much for being on i appreciate it you are my best friend so you had to do this there's no way you could get out of it uh all right thank you so much Jillian, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Jillian Du Bois is with us to answer the big question for the summer. So, Jillian, before we get started on the big, you know, summer conversation, uh, can you tell us uh, a little bit about who you are and what you do in education? Sure. Well, uh, thanks so much for having me because yeah. um, it is just a great little summer activity. <laughs> I just, you know, it's probably the highlight of my day. I, you know. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so no, I am a second grade elementary educator in Clearwater, Florida, and I have been in education for over 20 years, Um, started out as a paraprofessional with exceptional student education and just found that that was my heartbeat. So is helping students. So I made the transition to teaching short after that and I've loved it ever since. Um, and just kind of keep growing along with the career. Um, yeah. I've become, yeah, an author and an illustrator, and I work for an ed tech company up in Ohio, and, you know, just lots of side things. And <laughs> that's, keep me busy. Te- that's often what we have to do as educators. We find that side thing, right? There's, al- there's always something. Uh, so that's awesome. I, as someone who's like joining the world of elementary education after spending 15 years at the secondary level, I always love hearing from folks with an elementary perspective because um, there's always there's always something that I can take, right? That I can that I can bring with me. So thanks so much for for being on. So here's a big question we're asking everybody this summer. What's the one thing you would change about education if you could and why? So I heard this question and I saw it on Facebook the other day, not Facebook and Twitter the other day. And it made me think I went, yeah, okay, what would I change? And instantly my mind, you know, as teachers, we are always like always twisting things around and turning things around. How can we reframe that? And I actually reframed that question. And I do do love your reframing of it. I really did enjoy that. So what's your reframe? How do you, how are you thinking about it? So, yeah. So it led me to reframe it. And I said, okay, so let's think, what do I get to do as a disruptive educator to renew that urgency for authentic learning in my students. And um, I'm reading actually a book by Eric Scheninger called Disruptive Thinking. And I've never considered myself a disruptor before. I've always been a rule follower, always well, been kind You're of on like punk that. rock classrooms now, so you got to disrupt the system a little bit. <laughs> so only in the past 10 years have I just kind of let myself be who I really want to be. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, education, we're always supposed to follow the rules. We're always supposed to be doing this, supposed to be doing that. But, you know, Josh, we're not trained 
to be relevant. We're not trained to be, you know, here's the newest thing you need to do. We have to go and look for it. So, you know, for me, I think advances in technology, advances in things and that are relevant to our career and our pedagogy and our philosophies are constantly evolving and changing. So we cannot be complacent. We can't just stay still and go, all right, let's just keep going with the flow because that's what they're wanting us to do, right? So here's my thinking. My thinking was, yes, we have to provide that equitable learning for students. Um, That doesn't need to change. But how we do it and shifting our philosophies and our traditional ways of thinking um, within ourselves um, even to break out of that mold, right? And we can shift our thinking without being rebellious. You know, we can shift our thinking without breaking all of the rules. We might try and kind of like slide by as many as we can. But, you know, Eric Scheninger in this book said, disrupt the system as we know it by embracing a business as unusual model. So it's not business as usual. It's business as unusual. So I think that in order to create a new normal, Mm -hmm. we need to challenge what's presently in place. You know, what is relevant? Okay. It's not to rebel or buck the system, but we need to create those new systems that are going to break us out of that status quo and push us forward. Um, Yeah. Complacency is boring. My goodness. (laughs) It it is. So as an educator, right? So if you're, if, if what we change is getting out of complacency, making sure, and I, you, you said this, you know, like we're not often trained. There's PD isn't always perfect and we don't always, you know, get the new idea or we're not always injected with it if we're not going out there and looking for it. Right. Um, I was just talking to my wife, who's a high school principal who goes like, who said, you know, we get in a spot where educators, we stop reading, we stop connecting, and then all of this stuff happens. And it's real easy for us to go like, oh yeah, okay. But how do we, how do you as an educator, if, if this is your thinking, if this is what we need to change, how are you doing that? Or how do you plan on doing that, right? This is a great reflective summer. This question brings up all of these things. So how do you do that? Yeah. So I've made, I always make lists. I'm a list person. So not a rule follower anymore, but I'm a list person. And I want to go by those lists because when I see it and it's visible, visible and tangible to me, I really feel like I can grasp it. So I did make a list. So when I think about how am I going to change things? How do I want to reframe everything? How do I want to refocus my energy and my time and my efforts with my kids, but also make a difference in the educational system? But I think the first thing above anything is build that foundation of relationship with your students. Um, It doesn't matter if they're high school or if they're kindergartners or like my second graders, it is, we've got to get to know our students. We need to know their families. We need to know what they're about, what makes them tick, what they love, what they don't love. Um, I think because that um, creates an awareness and I call it outrageous trust. It creates that awareness of outrageous trust between the students and the teachers and the educators. I think we just need to get a handle on the trust and the relationships with our kids Um, because we can teach them anything. If we have that trust, Mm -hmm. 
we can change how we model our education, how we model our pedagogy. We can, I mean, we can model it however we want to because they're going to accept it because we've got that relationship together. Um, so yeah, and guide them emotionally, their emotional IQ, their cognitive adaptability is huge. So I think really just being able to hone in on the students, um, and, you know, yeah, we'll get through the content. We'll get through what we need to get through. We'll get through the standards, right? But I think we need to model for them. We need to model that inventive, investigative, interpretive thinking. Um, you know, don't, it's not a yes or no. It's not a right. true or false. Right. It's how did you get there? You know, which we hear a lot about. Right. And it's easy to say. And, you know, we have a quick conversation between the two of us. And we're like, here's what we're doing. Here's what we got to do. But there is a lot more to reflect on and to think about before you actually jump in and do that. Right. There's a lot of intentionality with any of that, right? We can go like, oh, I want to I be better at creating deeper questions for my students, right? But then when it comes time to write that test, you go like, oh, man, well, I'm not going to, I can't write I got to do some questions that are like that, right? I got to fall back on my old ways a little bit. And I think if anything, what we saw this last year gave us enough disruption to kind of do things differently. I know for myself as a, as a classroom teacher, I flipped the entire way I, I, you know, did tests with my kids, right? They were all short answer. They were all, you could use whatever resources we used in class because I'm going to ask you a question that's not yes or no, or not a definition. Right. And so it just became a different way of doing it. And I think you're right. We, we, it just doesn't happen through a conversation. I like your idea of a list. I like the idea of like, if I can list out some tangible steps that I can take, then, then, then that's a way that we can do that. All right, Jillian, thank you yeah. so much for just dropping this little nugget on us of what this is. We're, we're, we're glad that you get to be a part of this. Can you tell folks where can they find you online on, on, on the Instagrams or the Twitters or the world? Where can folks find you if they want to find you? Perfect. I am on Twitter probably every day at Jill Dubois 22, or I do have a website that will connect you to anything and anywhere, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and that is impartedjoy.com. All right. Thank you so much. Go check out Jillian. She's a fantastic person on Twitter. I'm glad to have her in my PLN and, and learn from the stuff that she shares. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. All right, crew. Thank you so much for listening in. We appreciate it. Remember, you can find the podcast on the website at punkrockclassrooms.com. You can find Mike and I and the show over on Twitter and Instagram all on the same handle. So the show on Instagram and Twitter is at Punk Classrooms. You can find me on both of those at Josh R. Buckley. And you can find Mike at both of those at Mike R. Earnshaw. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you at the show. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.